Parsha talks about an incident with Yehuda and Tomor. Yehuda had a son by the name of Eir, and he married him off to a woman by the name of Tomor. Eir died, Oinen married Tomor, and he died. And the, the third son of Yehuda was Shela. And Yehuda told, she, told Tomar, Shela's still in the freezer, so go home to your father and wait, and uh, we'll see when he comes out, maybe we'll talk about a shidduch. And Tomar chapped that this is not happening. She realized Shela grew up, and uh, Yehuda wasn't telling Shayla to be Miyabim Tomor. Tomor wanted very badly to have children for Kalal Yisro, to have a child for Shevet Yehuda. So the Pesach says, Vayirbu ayomim v'atomas v'ashuesh Yehuda so Yehuda's wife was Nifter, and he went to shear his sheep with his friend to Timnos. So Tomor finds out that Yehuda is going to be in the neighborhood. So she changes her clothing and she sits by the, the crossroads on the road to Timnos. So she finds out Yehuda is coming and she realizes she was not given to Shayla as a wife. So she decides to take things into her own hands. So she tells for what's happening over here. Tomar wants to have a child from Yehuda. And she realizes that she's not going to be able to marry Shayla. So what does she do? She dresses up like a zoina and she sits at the crossroads waiting for Yehuda. And Yehuda comes to her and they have children, Peretz and Zoruch, and that creates the Malchus based David. Now if somebody would have gone to Tamar when she's sitting there at the crossroads and would have said to her, Tamar, are you crazy? Do you actually expect Yehuda to come to a Zoyna? What are you thinking? You know what the chances of Yehuda coming to you are? What are you doing this for? And you know what Tomer would say to you? I want to have a child for Kalal Yisrael. 
and I am going to make my effort and I'm going to do whatever I can and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help and make it happen but I have to do my Hishtadlus and you might think I'm crazy you might think the odds of this working are next to nothing but when you want to do something L'Shem Shemayim you don't stop at anything you do what has to be done. Gershon Liebman was at Bergen-Belsen when it was liberated. And after the liberation, everybody is running around looking for food, medicine, clothing. And he's sitting in the barracks learning Baba Kama. An English soldier comes in and says, what are you doing? He says, I'm starting a yeshiva right here. He says, that's interesting. Who's the Rosh Yeshiva? He says, I am. He says, who's the executive director? I am. He says, who are the Talmidim? And Gershon Lieben gets up, he looks him in the eyes, and he says, let me tell you something. When something has to be done, and you want to accomplish something, you don't ask who, you don't ask why, and you don't ask what. You do it, and HaKadosh Baruch will take care of the rest. <coughs> that soldier became his first Talmud, and he eventually opened the yeshiva in France. Tomor says, I want a child, L'Shem Shemayim, the Abishta will help me. And this was the secret of the Hashmanoyim and the Nes of Hanukkah. If somebody would have gone to Matis Yohu and said to him, Matis Yohu, this is not realistic. This is what we call suicide. Matis Yohu would have said, no, this is what we call Mesiris Nefesh. This is what we call L'Shem Shemayim. This is what we call calling Takarish Baruch and say, I'm doing what I have to do and I have Bitochen, you're going to take care of the rest. And that is the Nesel Hanukkah. You have 12 soldiers against half a million and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will find a way to help you win. You don't have enough oil to burn eight days, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will figure it out. And that's why there's a halacha, by Neiris Hanukkah, Hadloka Oysa Mitzvah. That means that Kavsa Ein Zokukla, if you have enough oil, and you didn't light your menorah where there's a 30 mile an hour wind blowing. You lit the menorah indoors, or your menorah is covered, you have enough oil, you have a good enough wick, and somehow or other the candle goes out, you do not have to relight it. Because hadlaka oisa mitzvah, you did a hadlaka, and it was supposed to last, that's all you have to do. You make the first move, Kodesh Baruch will take care of the rest. Your obligation is to start. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that you will finish. But it's, that's our ob- ob- obligation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will finish and allow the miracle to happen.
Reb Chaim Stein, Zechut Tzadik Levrocha, used to tell over a story every Hanukkah. He was learning in Tells, and the Nazis came. So he and a few Bochrim were able to get on one of the last trains that left Lithuania and went into Russia. And they were on the train for days and days and days, and Hanukkah came. And they wanted to light a menorah. But they didn't have what you needed to light a menorah. They didn't have the paraphernalia. They didn't have any oil. So they thought that they thought they came up with the following brilliant idea. When the train stops at a station, we're going to get off the train. I will try to scrape off some grease from the wheels of the train. And we'll get enough in a cup to be able to light a flame for a little bit. And they did that for the first seven days of Hanukkah. The train stopped and every time they got off they collected some of the oil or the grease on the wheels and showing they had something to light. Came the eighth day. They were ready deeper into Russia. It was 20 below zero outside and everything was so frozen they couldn't get anything off. And they were very tzabrochen. The eighth night of Hanukkah and they couldn't do it. So most of the Bachrim, what could they do? They tried and they went to sleep. Chaim Stein and his Chavrusa decided, just like we know that today we can't bring Karbonois, so there's a gather of Nishalma Parim Sifoseinu. You learn about the Karbonois, you say the Karbonois. So it's Ke'ilu you brought it. So they said, listen, we can't light the Menorah, so let's talk in learning tonight about Hanukkah. And they decided we'll stay up the whole night and we'll talk in learning about Hanukkah. So they're talking and talking, it's past Chatzos already, and they're beginning to feel that after our efforts are paying off, we may take a make it through the whole night talking and learning. And all of a sudden the door of the car opens up. And a very strange-looking person comes in. He's wearing a straw hat, a very wide-brimmed straw hat. He did a very strange look about him. And he's walking through, and he looks, and he sees, this person is sleeping, that per- everyone is sleeping. And then he gets to Reb Chaim Stein and his Chavrusa. And they get very nervous. The person looked bizarre, they looked very different. And all of a sudden he reaches towards them with a fist and they thought he's going to fight with them. And then he opens up his fist and he has a candle. He says, perhaps you could use this. And, and they, they, they took the candle and they screamed and they woke up their friends. They said, we can light them in Naira. Hurry up, hurry up. It's almost Omen HaShachar. And they quickly found a match. They lit the candle and they had their eighth night of Hanukkah. And after they lit the candle... And things quieted down. They said, we, we got to find this guy and give him a thank you. And he saved us. And they looked through the entire car, the entire train, and the guy just had disappeared. So somebody asked Reb Chaim Stein if the story is true. And he said, the story is 100% true. Exactly the way I told it to you. Then they asked him, 
was that person Eliyahu Hanavi. And he said, I don't know if it was Eliyahu Hanavi or not. But one thing I can tell you, that when somebody is moiser nefesh to do a mitzvah, HaKadosh Baruch will help you very, very much. That much you know. How Hashem helps you, we can say Eliyahu Novi or whoever. But Hashem will help you. That's the message of Hanukkah. I've said many times, the same lesson we learned from the Menorah itself. By the Menorah, the Halach is Miksha Teyosis HaMenorah. Menorah had to be made of one piece of solid gold. One would have thought that the best way to make the Menorah is to make a shaft and solder onto the shaft the arms of the Menorah. That's an easy way to make it. There is nothing doing. Take that one piece of gold and bang it out and carve out the three arms on each side. You cannot add anything. Sculpture it out of the block of gold that you're working with. What's the message? The message, I think, is that the Menorah represents the light of Torah. And every one of us has to become that kind of a person. We have to be a living Menorah that radiates the Yorah Torah. People should look at us and see the beauty of the light of Torah. So you're going to say to me, I can't be a Menorah. I don't know how to learn well. I don't know how to speak well. I'm not compassionate, understanding, sensitive. I don't have the talent to be that kind of a person. If I had his charisma, if I hit his charm, if I had his eloquence, if I had somebody else's lumdis, somebody else's depth, somebody else's bikis, but me, who am I? So Tyrus says, the block of gold that is you. You will become the Menorah, just bang it out. You can't borrow a shaft from here and an arm from there. His brains, his zits flesh, no. It's all within you. Just bang it out. So Moshe was niskasha with the Menorah. How's it shayich? How's it shayich? Some people just don't have what it takes. Moshe was no. Throw it into the fire. You throw yourself into learning and you'll discover you have everything you need. You just throw yourself into it and you'll see how much light you'll be able to bring to the world. But you have to make the first step. It was a mice with a girl she was a kala and very poor. And she was going to the kever of Meir Balanes, to daven by the kever. So she got a ride. There was a van that was going in that direction. And she's in the van, and there's a bunch of other men, businessmen, going in that direction also. And they started to talk inappropriate things. Talking about stuff that, you know, a Froom girl did not want to listen to. 
And so she asked them, could you do me a favor and not talk about these things? I don't have to listen to the latest movies that you saw and whatever other shtus you're involved in. And so they said, mind your own business. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. So she says to the driver, do me a favor, let me off. He says, I'm going to let you off right here. She says, let me off right here. So he drops her off on the side of the road, the middle of no place. She's standing there for a few minutes, and a car pulls up and asks her, do you know how to get to the cover of Mayor Balanes? And she says, actually, if you take me with you, I'll show you exactly how to get there. So she gets a ride, and they go to Rameyar Balanes's kever, and there's a man driving a car, and there's an older lady sitting there, and she says, you should know, we make this trip every year, this date, to the yard site, it's the day that we had a special nace that occurred, and if we always go to the kever of Mayor Balanes on this day, but this year, the person who normally takes me couldn't go, so somebody else, he's not sure how to get there, so it's not, Mamish Bashert, we should meet you. And then she turns to the girl and she says, by the way, you know, this, doing this, this day that we have this Hakoras HaToiv Takodesh Borchu, we like to find a girl who's getting married, who needs money to make the chasna. Would you by any chance know any girl that's trying to get married and could use some stalker? She says, I'd rather know somebody very well. I'm a kala and I have no money. And so the lady says, don't worry about a thing. We're going to take care of the chasna. They go to the, 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 the kever of Rameya Balhanes, and they come back. And this lady paid for the whole chasna. She bought all the furniture she needed. The girl did one thing. She got out of the car because they were talking about inyonim that were prost and inappropriate. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu sent her a Yeshua on the spot. And they were going to the kever of Meir Balanes. It's an interesting zach. What is the pshat in the story of Rav Meir Balanes? Meir Balanes was married to a woman by the name of Bruria, who was the daughter of Rav Hanina ben Tradian. Hanina ben Tradian was one of the Asaro Haruge Malchus. Bruria had a sister who was captured by the Romans and thrown into a kuba shel zoinus. So Bruria said to her husband, she said, you know, my sister is there, it's Pasna, she's a, she's a tzedekah, she's an edel Jewish woman, how can she stay in a kuba shel zoinus? It's Pasna, can you go maybe and get her out? So the mayor said, I'll try. So he dressed up like a Roman citizen, took a lot of money, and first he wanted to see what's the matzah. So he, he makes believe he's a customer. And he says, can I have this and this lady? And the message comes back that uh, she's not feeling well. And this, that, whatever excuses. So we realize that she's still a tsunua. She's still protecting her, 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 herself. So the mayor says to the guard, he says, I have a lot of money. I'd like to ransom that girl. 
So he says, I'm not allowed to let anybody out. If they find out that I let anybody out, I'll get killed. So he says, listen, I'm going to give you a lot of money. Anybody who comes to you can pay them off. He says, yeah, that's very good initially, but when they find out that I let her go and I paid everybody off, they'll still kill me. So the mayor says, listen, let me, let me show you something that will protect you. So this guy had a big dog that guarded this harem. And so whatever it was, a Rottweiler, a, a pit bull, whatever. So he says, have the dog attack me. I want to show you something. So uh, the, the guard says to the dog, you know, okay, fluffy, attack. So uh, the dog starts attacking Rav Meir, and he says, Elka the Meir Aneni, and the dog just freezes. So he says, listen, if anybody starts up with you, you just say these words, Elka the Meir Aneni, and your problems are solved. So Kachava, they finally caught up with this guy he sold, he gave, got rid of this girl, he let her out of the, the, the Kubish Elzoinis, and they put him on the, on the gallows and they were going to hang him. And just before they hung him, he said, he said the, El Aneni, and the rope snapped and he was free. Break the Marsha Akasha. How can Rav Meir tell him to say Elko the Meir Aneni? We don't say that someone is the God of somebody while they're still living. While somebody's alive, we don't say it was the God of so-and-so. By Yitzchak, we find they said, Pachat Yitzchak. But the Rabbanishim is not Mashred Eshchina on somebody, because you never know. So how does he say, El Kod Meir Aneni? Zot Demarsha. That Rameyer didn't mean himself. What Rameyer meant is Elokod, the Abishta, the mayor that brought the light of Hanukkah, Aneni. Means when you have a tzara and you need Yeshua, then you can say, Rabbeinah the light of Hanukkah, you shine when somebody made an effort, when somebody put in a shtickle mesiris nefesh. So that Abishta should come and save me. This girl went ahead and she did one move. She got off the car. She got out of the van. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu brought a Yeshua. So you do your part. And you never know where the Yeshua will come from. Abishai Wallace tells a Misa. And he was giving a shear in a kibbutz. And these were yidin that were not religious. And every week or every two weeks he gave a shear. One day they said to him, you know, it's a popular thing by the secular Israelis to take a tour to go to Bnei Brak. Mm-hmm. Became a popular thing. Bnei Brak was like, here you want to go visit the Amish? There the Israelis will go visit the Bnei Brakers. And they go there, and they take them around, and then they take them to Itzkowitz for Kugel, or for Cholent, and they have an experience. So they said, you know, Rabbi, we want that experience. So he's thinking to himself, okay, I'm going to give them the Bnei Brak experience, via Darf's design. I'm not just going to take them to Itzkowitz for Kugel. I'm going to take them to the yeshivas. I'm going to show them real Bnei Brak. And so he takes them around. 
And then he goes to Rav Steinman. And they see Rav Steinman's house. Have you ever been to Rav Steinman's apartment? The walls are peeling. There's no paint. It's the most posture apartment you can imagine. Nothing. And this is the Godel Hadar. But they didn't hop that right away. But they see how he lived. And so Rav Steinman talks to him for 10 minutes in some Yiddish. Whatever it was, no one understood a word. And then Yishai Wallace says, could the Rosh Hashiva give them a bracha? And Rosh Steinman doesn't say anything. So he says again, could the Rosh Hashiva give them a bracha? And Rosh Steinman says in perfect Ivrit, I don't give brachas to Rishoyim. They're Mechalo Shabbos and I don't give brachas to Rishoyim. Fartiganesik. And Yishai Wallace is thinking, I just wasted three years learning with these people. After this, forget about it. He just said he's not giving a bracha to Mechalalei Shabbos. You're a bunch of Rishoyim. He said, I don't give brachas to Rishoyim. So anyway, they go home, and he's thinking, okay, they'll probably call me this week to tell me that the shear is canceled. He doesn't get a call, so he figures, okay, I'll go to the kibbutz and see what happened. Maybe two people will show up. He comes to the kibbutz. The shear is packed. Everybody's there. So he gives the shear, and at the end of the shear, he says, let me do some damage control. He says, so how did everybody enjoy the tour of B'nai Brak? And they said, very much. He says, what was your favorite part? Our favorite part was the visit to Rav Steinman. He said, that was your favorite part? After what he said to you? They said, yeah. He tells it like it is. He doesn't try to smear us. He's not kissing up to us. He's telling us the way it is. You guys are Rishoyim. I'm not giving you a bracha. But you know something? We want a bracha from Rav Steinman. So we want to start becoming Shemr Shabbos. So you never know. You make the effort. He's giving a shear, and the Rebbeishim sends him the, the Yeshua. He sends him the, the ticket to, to Nitzchias, because Rabbi Steinman tells them that you guys are Rishoyim. And that turns it around. They can came on this and you make your Rishtadlis, and the Rebbeishim takes care of everything else. That's the secret. There was a Yid who worked also for Arachim or one of these organizations in Eretz Yisrael. So one Shabbos, he had to go to Nitivot to give a series of lectures. They're having a seminar. So he comes out of Shabbos. They showed him his dira where he's staying. He has a room where he's staying for Shabbos. He right away puts his stuff away and he runs to the base medrash. And they start the seminar and he speaks at night. They have a suda Shabbos. After the suda is an oinik Shabbos. It's two o'clock in the morning. He finally can go back. He finished talking, finished the probing with everybody. And he goes back to his dira. But he couldn't find it. He wasn't in the devote that often. And he just got lost. He got fablungered. He had no clue where he was staying. 
as 2.30 in the morning and he's fallen off his feet and he's got to give a bunch of drushes the next day. So he decides he'll go into a base medrash, open a gemara and go to sleep. So he comes into the base medrash and he sees there's a bocher sitting there learning mamish with a coil with a geshmak 2.30 in the morning. He says, what are you doing here 2.30 in the morning? He says, a Rosh Yeshiva told me a couple of years ago that I shouldn't get married till I finish Shas. I have two and a half lot left to finish Shas. I plan on finishing it tonight. I've been bombarded for Shaduchim, but I'm not getting married till I finish Shas. Tonight I finish Shas, and then I can start accepting Shaduchim. So he says, well, if you're just staying up all night, maybe I can sleep in your bed. So he says, no, my father knows that I'm staying up all night, so we lock the door. If I go knock on the door, I'll probably wake him up. So why don't you go up to the Ezra's Noshim, and uh, you can, you know, there's usually comfortable chairs in the Ezra's Noshim, so go up there and sleep. So the guy goes up, but it's locked. So he decides it's a good idea. He goes to another shul, goes upstairs to the Ezra's Noshim, and he's trying to lie down. All of a sudden, he hears the voice. Somebody's crying in the Ezra's Noshim. He looks, he sees, there's a girl crying. He says, what are you doing here at 3 o'clock in the morning? And what are you crying about? Can I be? It figures if I'm here at 3 o'clock in the morning and it was Basher, I should meet a girl crying. Mustama Hashem sent me here. He says, why are you crying? She takes one look at him and she says, you're the guy from B'nai Brak. I'm crying because of you. He says, because of me? What did I ever do? He says, you once spoke a few years ago and you said that if I want, I can marry somebody who finished Shas. I'm a Balas Tshuva, and I thought I can't have a Chosin that I want. I want a Chosin who's a Bantaira, who finished Shas, who's a big Talmud Chochem, who's a Masmid, who wants to learn. And you said, I don't have to settle for less. I can find someone who finishes Shas. And I'm waiting and waiting, and years have gone by. I haven't found my Chosin. It's because of you. He says, I just want to tell you, that you have a chassin who's about to finish Shas. He's a few blocks away. And in Hashem, you'll have a chassin who finished Shas. After Shabbos, he spoke to both parents. Wait to Shabbos, they met. A few days later, they broke the plate and showing, you do your part. Kedush Baruch takes care of the rest. You want to marry somebody like that? Maybe she will take care of it. You want to finish Shas? You'll finish Shas. Whatever you want, if you make the effort, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that he'll help you. That's the Yisoyed of Hanukkah. Hadloka Oysa Mitzvah. You make the effort. You do your part. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that you're Matzliach. Tomer wants a child. She does her part. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and takes care of it. The Hashmanoyim want to fight a battle. It's 12 against half a million. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of it. You don't have enough oil for one night and it'll last you for eight nights. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of it. You have a hard time learning. You want to steig. You want to grow. Throw yourself into it and the Abishta will help you. Rav Hutner says that we have a mitzvah, pursue me nisa. So you light the menorah half an hour at the end of the day. He says, what kind of pursue me nisa? Half an hour, that's all you're going to light for? And that you want to make pursue me nisa? He says, you do your half hour, the Abish will take care of the rest. 
You light the menorah, the Abishtah will bring the Pursume Nisa. You come to Seder, it's the end of Seder, there's 10 minutes left, 50 minutes left. Oh, what am I going to gain if I start learning now, 50 minutes before the end of Seder? It's the end of the Zman. So the Zman is over. Why bother learning the last few days? You'll do what you have to do, and HaKadosh Baruch will take care of the rest. Every one of you has a, a nair in your neshama. You just have to, you just have to stoke the fire and illuminate it, and it'll become a tremendous fire. You'll become the menorah itself. Chachmas Odom Toir Ponov. Every one of you can become a living menorah that will radiate the kedusha of Torah of Yiddishkeit of the Rebbeinu Shalayim. We should be zeichet that through the yontav of Chanukah, through the zman of learning, through this tkufa. We should be zeichet to have the hisoyrus and the cheshek to throw ourselves into Torah and HaKadosh will take our hisoyrus and turn it into a flame of halakite and be zeichet to steigen learning, etc.